Um, I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing this morning, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. You know, I often say how important it is to study the word of God. And to be honest, I I usually open every single episode of this podcast saying that the reason why is because I can't push that enough, the importance of studying the word of God. Because when we study the word of God, we benefit so much from it, all right? So much comes from studying the word of God. All right. First of all, everything in the Bible. Is. Is truth. It's 100 percent truth in a world of deception and what we call fake news. All right. No matter what side you choose to be on the left or right. All right. In a world full of confusion, in a world full of wars and rumors of wars and fighting and animosity and division, all right? In a world full of sin, it can be very deceiving. People can be very deceiving, all right? Whether it be from social media, TV, Wherever we get our news from, all right, or whether it's just word of mouth, okay? But one thing that we can always know and rest assured in, rest assured in, excuse me, is that the Bible is 100% true, all right? We can always rely on the Bible to be right, okay? Also, another major benefit from studying the word of God is when we study the word of God, we develop a relationship with him because the word of God is knowledge. All right. We learn about him. We grow closer to him. All right. When we read the Gospels, we learn more about Christ Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection and his ascension. All right. It gives us all the details. And in doing so, we learn more about God and we grow closer to him and the closer we get to him, the closer we grow to him, rather, I should say, all right, the more, the more likely it is for him to give us blessings, for him to show us favor, all right, but most importantly, the more we grow in the Christian faith, 
okay? And the closer we grow to him, the stronger we are in our Christian faith. That way we will remain steadfast to him. We will not waver from him, okay? And the closer we get to heaven, okay? There's so many benefits from studying the word of God. As I said, the Bible is 100% truth. Okay. It was all scripture is breathed out by God. All right. For teaching. Okay. And we always have to rely on the word. We can't just rely on man to bring the word, okay, to us all the time, like so many of us do sometimes, all right, and that, that can really be a problem too, because, okay, yes, we as Christians know that we must go to church, when we go to church, we pay attention in church, all right. We listen to the pastor. So as I was saying, you know, that often becomes a problem because um, we as Christians, we know that we're supposed to listen to the pastor when he brings the message. All right. And even when we go to a good Bible preaching church, all right, a good, um, a good church that is of the Lord, all right, and we listen to the pastor bring the word, all right, yes, it's good to trust the pastor, we have to trust the pastor, because the pastor is the leader of the church, all right, and you don't want to go to a church if you can't trust the pastor. However, you have to understand that it is still man who is bringing the word, all right? And I'm not saying that, you know, he may do this intentionally, some do, but there may be times when the pastor may be reading from the word and he may unintentionally say the wrong thing. Or he may um, say the wrong thing without him even noticing. Okay. And he may accidentally, unintentionally mislead someone. And that can be the last thing that he wants to do. And because you don't know the word, because you don't read the word. All right. Not only are you not able to correct the pastor. Okay, now you have the pastor who accidentally said the wrong thing unintentionally. All right. Um, now he is accidentally misleading the congregation. Um, and you, because you don't read the word, you take it in. All right. As the truth. And... 
nobody benefits from it. But if you know the word, you can say, wait, hold on. Red flag. Pastor, you just said this. And you can correct him. All right. Um, of course, do it after the service. You don't want to interrupt him during the service. Okay. But correct him. And if it is a good pastor, he'll thank you for it. Okay. And he'll correct himself in the next sermon. Okay. But you have to know the word. Okay. You have to study the Bible. Okay. Even for those who listen to this podcast, okay? Yes, I want you to trust me. Yes, I want you to listen to me, all right? I'm not um, only doing this for myself, all right? I'm doing this so others can, you know, hear the gospel. I'm doing this to spread the gospel, okay? I want you to trust what I'm saying, okay? Still, as I said, you have to understand that, okay, let's say I unintentionally say the wrong thing. You have to know the word for yourself, okay? And I mean, I can go on forever about the benefits of why it is important to study the word of God, okay, but... Um, I don't think I have that much time. So I'm going to, um, move on to what I want to talk about today. And that is what it means to rejoice in our sufferings. All right. Paul says in Romans chapter five, that we must rejoice in our sufferings what is it what does that mean to rejoice in our sufferings does that mean that when we as christians when when we face trials and tribulations that we should be happy about it all right is that what that's saying is that is is it saying that all right, let's say we are persecuted for our faith. Let's say we are put in jail because of our faith. We say, yeah, I'm in jail. All right. All right. Is this saying that when somebody makes fun of us because we are Christians, we say, all right, that person's making fun of me. Okay. Or if you get fired from your job, because they think as though your Christianity, your Christian faith, rather I should say, is toxic to the workplace. Should you say, yeah, that was my goal the whole entire time to get fired. All right. Or let's say you're in college. The professor um, you're not living up to his expectations. You don't submit 
to his beliefs, you remain steadfast to the Lord. And because of that, he fails you. Do you say, all right, I'm not going to graduate. Awesome. That's not what that means. That is not what it means to rejoice in our sufferings. And I'm going to read to you from the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 6 in a little bit. But before I do that, I want to talk about a certain character in the Bible. All right. I want to talk about a certain character in the Bible. Before I begin to talk about what it means to rejoice in our sufferings and why we should rejoice in our sufferings as Christians. <clears throat> Some of you may have heard of this character in the Bible. He's not mentioned a lot. And when he is mentioned, the verses are very short. There's not a lot said about him. But I want to talk to you about a person named Demas in the Bible. I want to talk to you about Demas. Okay? He's not a very well it's not a very well-known name. Okay? It's not a name that you automatically recognize, you know, like Paul or Peter or, you know, even one of those second tier names, you know, like Timothy or, you know, any, or anyone like that. It's, he's not a real popular person in the Bible. But if you study him and if you learn about him, all right, you will know that, rather I should say, you can get a lot of information from him, okay? Now, this character, Demas, he's mentioned three times in the Bible. And it's funny because all time, all three times he was mentioned by the same person, Paul. So Paul obviously had, you know, a pretty decent relationship with him. Okay. And two out of three of those times, he had high praise for this guy, Demas. He had good things to say about him. But the third time he mentioned him, it wasn't very positive at all. Okay? First, turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 4, 
verses 14. Book of Colossians chapter 4, verses 14. Book of Colossians chapter 4, verses 14. Paul writes, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Now, there's more to those set of scriptures, but I want to focus on that one set of script, one, one verse, all right? Because it tells a little bit about Demas's characteristic at the time one of his characteristics at the time okay Luke the beloved physician and Demas greet you so at first first time Paul mentions Demas he describes him as he sees him rather I should say as a beloved brother all right So, you know, in other words, a beloved brother in Christ, okay? Because when you're a Christian and you um, describe someone as beloved or a brother, all right, you are generally referring to a fellow Christian. A fellow believer in Christ. Okay. So. Paul sees. Demas. As. A beloved brother. Not only that. But we look at Demas. And. Demas, he loves the Christian faith. We, we get that because he's very welcoming in how I said Demas greets you. All right. And if you're wondering who he is greeting, okay, Paul is writing to the Colossians um, and Paul, he is writing his final greetings to the Colossians and he's writing everyone who is um, who is saying their hellos, who's saying their greetings. Okay. That's who Demas is greeting. So we see him as very welcoming. Okay, now turn with me to the book of Philemon, chapter 1, verses 23 through 24. The book, the book of Philemon, chapter 1, verses 23 through 24. The book of Philemon is right after the book of Titus and right before Hebrews. All right. Paul is 
writing his um, farewells. He is um, ending his letter to um, Philemon. And in verse 23 through 24, he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus greets you. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Then verse 25 goes on to say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. But I want to focus on verse 24. All right. Where it says, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Again, it's saying how Demas is saying his greetings, is giving his greetings to Philemon. All right. Paul sees him important enough and useful enough at the time to mention him in this letter to the book. I mean, to Philemon, rather, I should say. All right. And now in verse 24, along with Mark, Aristarchus and Luke. He mentions Demas. As one of his fellow laborers. What does he mean by his fellow labor? His fellow worker in Christ, his fellow servant in Christ. Someone who is doing the Lord's work. All right. Someone who is doing the Lord's work in the ministry. Who is a part of the ministry. Who is doing his part in the ministry. Okay. So, so far this guy Demas. He sounds like. Sounds like a righteous dude. Sounds like a righteous guy. <laughs> Alright. He sounds like a really good guy. Still. Turn with me. One page over. Second Timothy chapter four. Verses 10. Second Timothy chapter four. Verses 10. <clears throat> Rather, I should say verses nine through 10. All right. Second Timothy chapter four, verses nine through 10. Now, the situation right now is that Paul, he feels abandoned by um, a lot of his or those who used to call him, call themselves his friends. All right. That's what's going on here in these set of scriptures that I'm about to read to you. And one person who really stands out is who? Out of all people, this guy Demas, all right? 
It says, be diligent to come to me quickly for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. He goes on to say, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. I'm going to stop right there because I want to focus on verse 10, where it says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Read the first half of verse 10 again. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. So this guy, Demas, started out as a, as a really good guy, as a really righteous guy. Someone who seemed to believe in Jesus. All right? Someone who seemed to be steadfast to the Lord. Seemed to be a part of the Christian faith. Now, why am I talking to you about this guy, Demas? What, what, how is this pertaining to what I am talking about? Well, first of all, this is my personal opinion that I'm about to give you. I do not believe that Demas was truly a believer in Christ Jesus from the beginning because if he was truly saved, if he truly had salvation, he would have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would not allow him to want to go back to, to the world, to the things of this world. Okay? He would, he would not have that desire to go back to that present world, to the present world to the things of the world. So personally, I do not believe that he ever truly had salvation. All right. I could be wrong. It could be that, you know, um, maybe he just strayed from the Christian faith. I don't know. But the reason why I want to, I'm talking about this guy, Demas, and the connection that he has to what I want to talk to you about in Romans chapter 5 about rejoicing in one's sufferings, okay? It's because you look at this guy, Demas, okay? Paul describes him as a fellow laborer in Christ. He sees him as a beloved brother. 
In other words, someone who is close to Paul. And we know the trials and tribulations that Paul had had went through throughout his lifetime, okay? So to be close to Paul, you would have to go through your share of trials and tribulations also. All right? However, I believe that Demas, as he is described, a fellow laborer or a fellow worker, um, in Christ Jesus, all right, someone who serves the Lord, I believe that when things started getting too hard for Demas, he decided to turn away from the Christian faith rather than remain steadfast to the Lord. All right. Rather than rejoicing in his sufferings, and I'm, again, I'm going to explain what that means in a second. Rather than rejoice in his sufferings, I believe that he had that mindset like, you know what? No. This is too hard. Paul, you want to continue with the ministry? That's, you know, that's good on you, okay? But this is too hard for me, okay? Things were much more easier. Things were much more fun, okay, before I started helping you out with the ministry, I'm going back. That's what I personally believe his mindset was. Again, I could be wrong, but putting two and two together, that's what I come to believe. So rather than rejoice in his sufferings, he decided to go back to the present world. In Thessalonica. So. I'm saying all this. Rejoicing in our sufferings. Rejoicing in our sufferings. Rejoicing in our sufferings. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Chapter 5. Verses 3. Through 6. The book of Romans. Chapter 5. Verses 3 through 6. But I really want to focus on verses 3 through 5. Okay? Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So going back to verse three. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Again, do we rejoice in tribulation? Do we rejoice in our sufferings? Because we want there to be tribulations because we want there to be sufferings. No, we don't want suffering in this world. We don't want tribulation in this world. All right. The reason why we rejoice in our sufferings, the reason why we glory in tribulations, all right, is because we know that that tribulation that we are going through, that suffering that we are going through, that will produce perseverance. And perseverance, that will produce character. And that character will produce hope. Okay? So when we go through tribulations, okay, when we go through tribulations, we know that we will learn from them. We will gain experience from them. All right. I'll give you an analogy. Okay. As we grow older, when, when we're children, when we're kids, all right, um, let's say ages three, four, five, whatever. All right. One of the things that's very important is that. One, we get our shots. Two, we eat healthy. All right. Particularly vitamin C. All right. So it's very important that one, we get our shots and two. We eat very healthy, particularly vitamin C. Why is that? OK. Why is that? A lot of you know the answer. Okay. Not only that, but because we know that we will eventually get sick, we will eventually get a cold, we will eventually get the flu. All right. And when we do, it will build up our immune system. All right. Those shots that that vitamin C, all right, all of that, all of that, um, the nutrients that we gain from eating healthy food, all right, that will build up our immune system. Not only that, but when we first catch, um, the flu, when we first catch the cold, all right, we're now used to it. We get used to it over time and we know how to deal with it. And we become more immune to it. Okay. Now, no one wants to get their shots. 
when they're kids. All right. A lot of kids, they don't like to eat healthy. Okay. And nobody ever wants to get sick. So we don't rejoice when we get sick. We don't rejoice when we get our shots. All right. What we rejoice in is that it builds up our immune system. Is that our immune system is being built up. We rejoice in the benefits that come from getting our shots, from, from eating healthy. Okay? It's the same scenario. We don't rejoice in the tribulation. We rejoice, we don't rejoice in the tribulation that we go through and the sufferings that we go through. All right. We rejoice in it because it builds up our character. It builds up our perseverance. And in doing so, it builds up our character. And in doing so, it builds up our hope. Verse five. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. So you see, we're not rejoicing in our sufferings. All right. Like it says in verse three, rather, we are rejoicing. Where it says in verse five, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We are rejoicing because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That is what it means to rejoice in our sufferings. We don't rejoice because of hard times. All right. If we rejoice because of hard times, if you see anybody rejoicing because of hard times, I'm going to say it right now. That's just strange. <laughs> okay. That's that's weird. Okay. Tribulation in hard times that is not of the Lord. That is not what we rejoice in. All right. When we get to heaven, we rejoice because there will be no more tribulation. There will be no more hard times. The tribulation that we go through, the suffering that we go through is a means to an end. All right. And we don't rejoice in the means. We rejoice because of the outcome that happens in the end. All right. We rejoice because that tribulation builds up our perseverance, our character, our hope. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, you have someone like Demas who rather than 
remain steadfast to the Lord rather than stuck out the hard times rather than went through the tribulations or stayed through the tribulations or continued to help the ministry he turned away whether he was a Christian or not he turned away from from the faith he went back took a huge step back and turned to the things of, of the world and in doing so he became weak all right the Bible does not say this about him. All right. It is not documented. About it, this is not documented about him. Very little is documented about him, in fact. All right. Other than these three verses in the Bible. But one thing that we know because Demas had went back. To the things of this world. Is that he became weak because rather than remaining steadfast to the Lord and rejoicing in his sufferings, he had that mindset where no, this is too much. All right. I. This, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I expected. Okay. Again, maybe he was a Christian. Maybe he was just lured into, back into the world, into the things of this world. Okay, I don't know. But one thing we do know is that by going back, he became weak. What does it mean to have character? All right. It means to have some sort of moral values. All right. It means to have honor. Okay. So by going back to, as Paul writes, the present world, what does that say about Demas's character and his values and his morals? All right, we don't know what he went back to exactly. We don't know what sins he went back to exactly. All right. And even if we did, that's not for us to judge. Okay. But we do know, and we can say that by going back to the things of this world and by not staying in Christ Jesus and by not Carrying his cross. 
we can say that he was lacking character and he was lacking values. And in doing so, was most likely lacking faith in Christ. Okay? And you have to understand that the only hope that you will find in this world is in Christ. All right? The only true hope that will never disappoint is in Christ Jesus. All right? We will always find hope in him. So in going back to the world, we know that Demas most likely was lacking in faith in Christ Jesus and therefore was lacking hope in hope which is very important mind you because because that is one thing that everybody needs because as i said Christ Jesus is the only one that can give us real hope now hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So you see what it means to rejoice in our sufferings. Okay. You have to read if you're going to if you're going to um if you ever hear that term to rejoice in our sufferings or to um, glory and tribulations, or if you ever um, hear someone refer to the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 3, make sure that we read the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. Make sure we read the whole set of scripture. Don't just read that one verse because we're not going to understand it if we just read that one verse. And it can be very misleading if we just read that one verse. Better than that, read the book of Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. Not just verse 3 through 6, but verse 1 through 6. And then study it. And then you will know what it truly means to rejoice in one's sufferings or to glory in, in tribulations. All right. I am reading from the New King James Version and the New King James Version says to glory in tribulations. All right. And. Um, I think it is the ESV, the English Standard Version, that says to rejoice in our sufferings. I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm going to check right now. One moment. Right. Um, 
that is the ESV version that says, um, rejoice in our sufferings. All right. And Romans chapter five, verses three. Okay. Um, really the English standard version and the new King James version and the King James version are what I personally think are the best versions to read from. All right. Because, um, in my opinion, they're the most accurate. Okay. Also, the American Standard Bible, all right, is a good um, a good version to read from, all right. I don't usually read from the American Standard um, version, but it is very similar to the English Standard Version, all right. But I digress, okay. I digress. You know, this, this subject was very important. The reason why I say this was very important was because it can be hard sometimes being a Christian. Serving the Lord, it's a fact, all right? It's something that you want to do, and it's something that we strive to do. Still, it's not easy. It can be very tedious and very tiresome sometimes. All right. As I said, it is hard work. And the things that you do most often about nine times out of 10, go unnoticed. All right. Many times you get chastised for for loving the Lord. We strive to serve the Lord we strive to serve the Lord not because we want to get on his good side but one it's the best way to live alright and two we know 
that in the end, we will reap our reward. Our time on this earth is nothing compared to the eternity that we will spend in heaven, in the glory that we will have in heaven. All right. And the reason why I had wanted to speak on this subject is because when we go through hard times as Christians, all right, rather than just back down or back away or go back. We must remain steadfast to the Lord and know that, yes, our Christian walk is a struggle, but it's the most beautiful struggle that anyone will ever go through because we will never be alone. All right? Because this struggle produces perseverance and character and hope. And it's a hope that will never disappoint. So we push through our sufferings because we know that it's not going to last forever. All right. And I say this joking around, but you see where I'm going with this. God, he's not just some, you know, guy looking down on us, you know, with a magnifying glass. Acting as though we're some kind of ant just trying to burn us. OK. That's not God's in intention. We make it through these hard times. God tells us that there will be hard times and these hard times don't last forever. And when we make it through these hard times, we will become stronger. That way, when the next tribulation that we will eventually face comes, we will make it through that even easier. Why? Because our immune system is built up. Our perseverance level is built up. Our character level is built up. Our level of hope is built up. And we know that Christ Jesus will always be there with us. So yes, our Christian walk can be very hard sometimes, all right? 
anybody who is a Christian will say that. And for anybody to say that, oh, my Christian walk is easy. They're lying. And they're trying to deceive you. And they are a false prophet because the Christian walk is not going to be easy. All right. Please, I'm not saying that to discourage you, to discourage anybody. OK, I'm not saying that to scare anybody, because as I said, it may be a struggle, but it's the most beautiful struggle that you will ever have in your lifetime, because you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you will not be going through this struggle alone and that Christ Jesus will be right with you the whole entire time. And that when you trip, if you trip, Christ Jesus will be right there to catch you. Okay. Now, I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, O Lord. Thank you for the reading of your word, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you just continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the reading of your word, O Lord, and that you will help us apply it to our everyday lives. Lord, help us to just grow in the Christian faith, O oh Lord God. Lord, help us in our Christian walk, O oh Lord God, with you. Lord Jesus, and just continue to give us that passion and that desire and the will to want to continue to study your word, O oh Lord. Thank you for your many blessings, O oh Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this one verse. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That's taken from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1. Thank you.